At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Psycho Vertical Podcast. It's me, Andy Kirkpatrick, back again. Today I am in Brecon, in the in the Brecon Beacons, and I'm in a in a hotel. And um, I was in the theatre last night. I'm still on tour, so I was in a theatre in Brecon, um, Theatre Brecon, I think it's called. And uh, it was kind of w- it was kind of it was kind of a little bit weird because it was because in Wales they've got like social distancing, so in the theatre you have to have a big um, you have to have big gaps between everybody. So you'd have like two people and be four empty seats, and two people and four empty seats, and uh, it basically I think I had like two. I kind of sold out. So when I arrived at the venue, they said, oh, you sold out. I was like, oh, that's good, because it's like 400 seats. I said, oh, no, we only, we could only sell like half the seats. So you've, only, you've got like 200 people. So, so yeah, it just creates, it just creates like a strange atmosphere. You kind of go out there and it's just, um, you know, it's just big, uh, just, I don't know, it's like just a bit strange. I think, I think when people sit together, it creates some kind of... Uh, you know, you become a you become a group. You do, you know, you're not an individual. You're just a group. So often, you know, when you say something funny or something, it creates like an it creates a a vibe. I guess not something like a hippie. It kind of goes through everybody at the same time. But when people are all separated out, it's sort of different. You know, you get this thing. It's I guess it's the same way. It's why when you go to church, when people go to church, they'd all sit together in pews. They'd all kind of squashed together because it creates like some sort of vibration between everybody so you know people would laugh even if it wasn't even if it wasn't that funny because other people were laughing <sighs> sorry i'm tired um uh so yes yeah, so that was kind of weird and it was a little bit like when I was, when I was up in Inverness it wasn't too bad because people sat together but then everyone had to wear a mask so it's like being in bloody Saudi Arabia or somewhere um so yeah, so the tour, yeah, the tour, the, how is the tour going? I it's going okay. Um, it's, it's going as as best as as could could be. Uh, I had a few I had a few emails from people saying how I sound like I'm a little bit too sensitive about criticism and things, um, and uh, I was uh, I took that quite quite personally that kind of criticism about my lack of you know anyway so my my thin skin is that awful if you're sensitive and people say you've got thin skin is that what you can say anyway but i i but i i i tend to view it more like if you're a if you're a chef and everyone's saying your food was shit you know um like that's that's probably something worth listening to if you're a chef and everyone's like uh, I keep getting, I keep having diarrhea every time I come to your restaurant. That's probably something worth listening to. But if people, if you're making like Indian food and people are saying your food's a bit too spicy, that's 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 different. So I think you have to def- you have to kind of separate out the criticism, or you know, some of it's constructive, some of it's not constructive. Um, into those things, you know, basically 
you just can't if you want to do something good you can't do something that everyone thinks is okay you know if you want people to think if you want some people to think it's great you will then have people some people thinking it's shit so that's the way you, that's the way it goes you just have enough you just have to have enough people who think it's not shit um which in, when it comes to slideshows you know outdoor climbing outdoor shows like the the standard so low anywhere the um you know like it's it's quite hard to be really shit you'd have to really you'd have to go out your way to make it that shit that people were like oh that was really shit uh, like I've, I've i've seen like a lot of slideshows there's only a few i can ever think of which were like really really shit like when someone was literally just like reading the you know reading the the words off a slide or something and uh because you'll be you'll be yawning as well now listen to this um uh what was i saying so uh <laughs> um so yeah so so re- really it's it, it's kind of important to listen to what people are saying but then ultimately have some sort of judgment so i did i did a talk in regged which is at cumbria uh last week and although the sound was really bad like, as soon as i turned up and i was like plugged the thing and i was like oh god this sounds terrible and the guy was like is that all right i'm like no not really and it's it's very people always blame you like if you have a bad sound they think it's your fault like you're the guy who like you know plumbed in all the speakers and all the wires i was like oh no that doesn't sound very good and it was like a bit of a bit of a a nightmare and anyway it was like an, an imax screen so you're just blowing up this image which looks okay on a projector when it's projected but the iMac screen's so massive it, it kind of looked it just looked a bit shit and it was just like so huge and like if you were sitting in the audience you couldn't see it was just like you're just looking at a big pixel or something in front of your face so it was like so massive so it wasn't ideal but anyway the venue had sold out um it felt, it felt like quite a big space but it was only like, it's like 250 people and uh, I'd, the last the last talk I'd done was in Inverness, and that seemed to go really well. So I basically did the same thing I did in Inverness, and I was like, I tried to avoid, um, you know, too many, you know, too many things which might like spoil the, spoil the, you know, any downing downer stuff. And um, and then uh, so it, went, it seemed to go all right. Anyway, so then when I came. The next day, I went down to where I'm. I don't have any internet where I am, so I, and I, I I can't get internet on my phone. So I had, to, I had to go into the town to to where I'm staying to get some internet. And then I had an email. I had like a few emails saying, "Oh, I came to show. It was really really good and that kind of stuff." And uh, and then I had an email from Mike Mike Parsons, who was the guy who uh, set up Carrymore. So he's like in his um, he's nearly. He's nearly eighty now, so he's like, you know, he's been around a long time. Anyway, he was just this message was like, "Oh, I came to your show last night, kind uh, underwhelming. Um, you must rethink what you're doing or something." And I was like, and to begin with, I was a little bit defensive. I was like, "Well, I just got four emails saying how good it was. Like, can you give me some feedback?" And and then I sent it off, and then I couldn't, I couldn't look at his reply. Because uh, I had to, I had to go somewhere. So I was just, uh, I just, I just ended up feeling, I just, I don't, know, it's so terrible. I ended up like feelings so down the rest of the day, and I was just kind of like questioning, like, a, I was like questioning, like the, doing it, like being on stage and talking and stuff. And then I was like thinking, maybe I'd said something, un, mis, political or made a, I was again, okay, I make a joke about vegan or vegans as I call them stealing that from uh, Mark Ripito. Um, you know, was he upset about making fun of vegans or vegetable-based diet? It's not vegetable-based, it's plant-based, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it could have been, like, so many things. I have, I have this line about... Uh, I have some stuff about um, religion in there, but, you know, like, which I think is, like, a redemptive narrative about religion and stuff. It's very, you know, you can see it from... you can. You know, it can either offend everybody. Or it could like everyone would think it was great. Depends on which way you th- how you look at it. Um, so yeah, so it's like like my car wasn't working. So I, had to, I was I've been having to like, walk walk like where I'm staying, like the arsehole of nowhere. So I had to like it takes about an hour and a half to walk into the, into the town over the over the hill. Anyway, so I was like, yeah, I was like 
yeah, I was just like, I felt really down about it. I think it's probably tired as well, but I was just feeling a bit, a bit flat and like, oh god, this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just so sick of, so sick of like trying to do something better than normal and then just getting like, just, just, I don't know, it just seemed to, just can't be arsed with it all. And anyways, eventually Mike got back to me and basically he had nothing to do with anything I thought it was to do with. He basically wanted it to be more technical and more focused towards hardcore climbing stuff like what kind of laces did you have in your boots and, you know, what kind of, <laughs> what was the mix, the ratio of like, of gases in your gas canisters and all that kind of stuff, like typical sort of climber stuff. Because like, climbers are such extremists. It'd be the same if I went, you know, if I was doing something about mountain biking and they're like, oh, what kind of lube are you using, you know, or, or whatever. So it's it's a very, it's a very kind of human nature you know, human nature thing. Well, not human nature at all. It's like climbing that's against human nature. But, but this kind of... Uh, Oh, I came to your slideshow and you didn't even mention what kind of brake cables you were using. So, I guess I, I said that basically a long time ago I realised if I wanted to make a living, you know, doing this, I could not make a living from climbers because A, they either don't even turn up. Like, I don't know how many proper climbers there are coming to my slideshows, but there's never, they've never been, you know, they're just not interested. They're just kind of... You know, they're not, they're not interested. They're just interested in what they do. They're not really interested in what other people do, really. Um, unless it's like a, you know, someone talking about, you know, a dead hanging or something. Um, so basically, you have to make a living by talking to people who are, um, you know, like just general general people. Like you ask people, there are people who are climbers and stuff, but, you know, you, I don't think I've ever had any friends of mine who are like extreme mountaineers ever come to any of my, any of my slideshows for you all before but um so yeah so it's, you just have to get like your armchair climbers like there was a lady last night who you know was like just like an quite an old um an older lady who was uh she didn't like she was probably into uh <laughs> like she was into drinking tea and eating cakes but you know she's like oh okay i really enjoyed it and blah 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 and uh you know, so, so so some people they just they just take a punt on it. They just see all oh, this guy's talking. He's talking about his adventures, and uh, you know, it sounds it sounds supposed to be funny and stuff. And so yeah, that that's you just you're just doing it. You know, you're just doing that kind of stuff. It's a bit like do you have you know what I've realised actually I don't actually like hardcore history. Have you ever have you ever listened to hardcore history? Like people always were always telling me like oh you need to, you, got, you need to listen to hardcore history. But it's just a bit. It's just a bit shit. I just decided it's a bit shit. It's just a bit like just rambles on. It doesn't really have any. I just. It just, just, just rambles on. I'm like, oh, fucking get to the point, you know. Anyway, you know, there could be. I think I'm listening to one of his podcasts, and it's about six hours long. It could be like thirty minutes long, and it could just be. And it'd be better, I think. So, um, I don't know what my point is there. I guess. I guess like my the scope of what I'm talking about. You could, I could probably make like an hour-long slideshow. You could probably chop it up into about 10, 10 or more slideshows that are just about that one thing, like going to climb, you know, going into America or going to Kenya or whatever. But um, but instead, it's kind of you're trying. You've got like a big scope, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to. The whole thing about the thing is about you know exploring and stuff. Oh, thanks to Bear Grylls. There's some, there's some, there's some good like Bear Grylls lines in there, but like, they're they're given with love. So if you listen to this, if you listen to this podcast, BJ, I know you do listen sometimes. Uh, it's it's given with there's, there's a lot more love towards BJ. Uh, um, is it BG Bear Grylls? Grylls, yeah, BG. Not B. I can't used to call you BJ. It's like below job, but um, but yeah. So there's yeah, um. So that's that. Uh, I've got like, I think I'm probably this is the midpoint midpoint of it. Uh, ha- so halfway through it, um, I mentioned last time about this these people walking out and stuff of in Manchester. I'm now starting to suspect those people were actually it was a plant, which was, was a bit bizarre. But that's the world we live in. People intentionally come with the intention of leaving and trying to create a big a big fuss or. So that that's the world. Um what else is going on? Uh God, I really 
really, really noticing how... Uh, I don't know if I just don't watch television because I've got a, quite a lot of downtime and staying places put watching the telly. Christ almighty, how can you stay sane watching television in, in the UK? Like, it's like every, every fucking thing is trying to modify your brain about some fuck this, this or that, whether it's like not eating meat or saving the planet or it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, just fuck off. Like, you just can't be doing with it. Like, it's just, just, it's just, it, yeah, it just creates the absolute opposite effect. You just go numb to it. It's like, help, you know, learn helplessness. It's funny, I wrote, I wrote an article, I wrote, a, 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 you know, an essay called Learned, Learned Helplessness, like a long time ago, like 2014, I think, on my, uh, on my blog. You'll Google it. And uh, it's funny, it's, it's become quite a, it's, it's become quite a common term, really. And uh, probably, if you read the article, you read the thing I wrote, it's probably, I was just probably ahead of my time because I was basically... Just people get, just people become like numb to it, really. Um, you know, just, just I don't know. Where I'm, where I'm staying, I'm staying in a hotel last night. Bit of a treat, you know. It's not a treat because it's just, it's, it's either that stay in my car. I was going to stay in an Airbnb, but it was too far to drive after after my gig because the gig didn't start till bloody half past eight or something, which is way too late. Um, yeah, I was like talking to the woman this morning in the in the downstairs, and I was saying about how I think like, Italy have now re, re uh, readjusted their figures for COVID, and they've basically removed like ninety seven percent of the people who they said had died of COVID. It turns out they didn't. They didn't die of COVID. They died of various other things. Um, and I just said like this woman like seemed like kind of relieved that, and she was like. I don't know, it was weird, because I was, like, just talking about, you know, stuff, like, you know, stuff to do with that, like, kind of how people have become uh, hysterical and all that kind of stuff. And she seemed, like, kind of relieved that someone would actually be brave enough to t to talk in public about shit like that. And I was just thinking, like, Christ, what the fuck's going on with people? Like, it really is, it really is crazy. There's so much kind of, there's so much kind of a... Uh, stuff you could talk about that's kind of interesting and also is useful to to you know keep control of your of your brain you know keep control of your mind but um you know people are just terrified to to just talk about things like i was thinking you know cuz all this fucking cop shite going on in in um in uh in glasgow about the environment and like i would i would say i'm a you know i'm a you know i'm in I'm as I'm interested in, you know, like you know, reducing our impact on the planet and you know, consumerism and fast fashion and you know, increasing the, you know, making it easier for, for the environment to you know to live in some 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 sort of equilibrium and water and air and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that basically most people are in, but the, I just I I just kind of get the impression that none of it none of this stuff is to do with that. That it's kind of going to be the opposite. Like basically, it's just about the extraction of of money from 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 people, you know, to to rich people. Um, you know, like driving around all the. You know, it's very controversial to to comment about you know wind wind farms, but you know, it's the only thing you can get like a nine percent you know return on of your investment. And when people talk about you know solar panels on their houses, it's never fucking about my whole house is running on the solar panels. It's like, look at all this money I'm making from selling it to the grid and, and all that kind of shit. It's just all about, it's all about money. It's not about saving the planet. And, uh, but yeah, like a few, a few, a few, a few times I've brought up, like a few things that are stick in my mind is like traveling, traveling around. I remember going to the, the Flinders range in Australia. Uh, great place place to go and some very good rock climbing there and staying there um i think we're like there for a month and you go to this place where this family lived and they had a they had a farm there like and when you read the accounts of it this was like eight like 18 1870s or something you know they had like 10 years of drought and they had something like twenty thousand 
cattle die in the drought and it just sounded like horrendous like basically everything died you know like f children died it was just like unbelievable unbelievably grim now this is this is kind of before climate change you know this is before you know global warming and all that kind of stuff so that i often thought used to think about that and then I'd, then there's um uh like remember off the off the coast of hull um there was a there used to be a town um like a medieval town it was like i think it was created by the vikings and it was bigger than hull so it was like a quite an important um uh, town uh, but it was actually it was actually built onto a, a sandbar um so the sandbar must have been quite you know i guess it there are there are areas near hull where there were sandbars and then they grew um grasses on them and they started they started um, putting animals on the sandbars and the sandbars eventually you know this the seeding the seed, seed didn't cover them anymore and they've got bigger and bigger and bigger and now there's like you know farmland on there and houses and everything else anyway but there was this um raven's land or something it was called and uh, uh so it was quite a big quite a big settlement and there was you know was trading and everything else with the vikings and then one night there was a huge storm and basically the whole thing basically kind of got washed away and it was just abandoned and then and then there was another storm there's a really famous storm that killed about this must have been would this have been like the 13th 14th century there was a famous storm and it killed something like 35,000 people in Europe like a tidal surge but again like all this all this kind of shit it just goes down the memory hall like no one everyone seems to have this idea that we've until the century we've lived in this this world of 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 bliss where nothing ever happened and there was no droughts or you know floods or you know hurricanes and all and all this kind of stuff so i just i just think i know some people might would you know this is like the you know it's the noble lie isn't it but um i think when people just kind of cotton on the you know if you think like the mayor de glass you know used to go all the way down to geneva you know <laughs> you know it's you know, like I just don't, I just don't think we, uh, I just don't think, I just don't think we're really uh, engaging with reality. I think, I think you know, every, like every, I look at the BBC for some reason. I look at the BBC website every day, and I would say a good fifty percent of it is just shit. Is not re is not true. You know, like it's just not ba it's not balanced really, and uh, the other fifty percent is. Um, you know, fifty percent of that is not true. So, you know, it's very, it's it's very hard to try and retain some kind of sane perspective. You know, the world is, you know, well, have we got? We must have like eight years left now till the end of the world, according to, you know, you know all these people. So, like, it's, like it's a, it's a, it's terrible to be a climate realist, but yet to be viewed as like a you know, a denier or climate skeptic or whatever. Oh, it's not. Uh, you wouldn't have used the word skeptic now because that would be too. Um, it's too kind to just be a skeptic. You know, to be a climate denier. You know, I just think. Um, you know, we should. You know, if we revisit this in another ten years' time, you know, I think. Uh, I just think the reality of uh, power cuts, and the cost of everything, and you know the the actual you know there's so many things it's just not the there's no there's no um it's just about appearances it's not about you know like solid facts and reality it's just about you know let's get rid of coal and all that kind of stuff it doesn't make it's just it is it, and people will say like why don't we listen to the experts they're telling us to do this and like well they're not experts they're just you know that's kind of they're in that business <laughs> in that business so it's just very frustrating. I guess you don't want to get to the point where you're so old that you're like, "Fuck it, I don't care." You know, I'll be dead before all this, all this like kicks off. Um, but it's like the—I don't know—I've said this before. It's a bit, a bit like the COVID thing. Is that people are like, "Oh, it was great. I've had the—you know—I've got to got to hang out with my kids, and I've got to—you know—learn to do fucking baking and all that kind of shit." But it's just um, that analogy of the. Of being on the beach and the big shipping container ship going across in the horizon, and you're like, oh, "That's cool." And then, 
like an hour later a massive fucking wave comes on the beach and washes you all into the sea and you all drown it's a bit like that like the the uh we have this like short term like like oh we're gonna you know king herod says we have to kill all the firstborn children that sounds like a good idea you know it's you know, it's, it's, you know that's what we're kind of like. Like, they kill all the kids. You know, it's just uh, I had a vasectomy because of, um, you know, I didn't want to have any kids because of climate change. Like, you fucking idiot. In fact, thank God for that. You know, if, the more people who think like that who have vasectomies, the better, really. But I think, but I do think that you. It's got. It's been very. It's very interesting looking at Greta Thunberg. Like how she, like she's, she's either gonna be a terror an absolute terror as in fucking burning you at the stake kind of human being her and you know she's she's kind of one that she's one of these people where you know she could be an ally to reality or she could be like be in opposition to reality but she's it's the classic where you where people with power and influence they exploit somebody for their own ends for their own ends um but there have no those people are of no you know, the, they're not not an ally to the environment. They're an ally to themselves. And this is not Greta Thunberg. Like she is, you know, she's like I think she's like a genuine, you know, like young person who's got like ideals and wants the world to be better. Like ev- like everybody. Like nobody wants the world to be worse. I, mean, I don't think I've met anybody who does, unless they just want it to be worse for some people and better for others. But um, but you know, but those kind of people, you can't really control them. Like the 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 the. The people who I think who, in, who think they're in, ch- in charge of everything, they're just incompetent and they're cowards, and they uh, they're just cack-handed basically, and they just don't really understand what they're doing. And I think you know you, you, we will we will see like you know terrorism full on, you know IRA, you know Al Qaeda base related, you know like environmental terrorism. Um, blowing things up and killing people in you know in like ten within ten years, but whether whether Greta like Greta's kind of getting it, I think she's she's definitely getting it. What what's really going on? So it's whether it's where it's where which way she goes really, because you know it'd be you know to be to to like betray your tribe is the worst thing. Like to be an enemy of the tribe is is not so bad. But to betray your tribe, that that deserves special punishment, basically. So, so yeah, so yeah, so um, yeah. So I think I think the the idea of being like a climate realist, of you know, that's basically how people have been, you know, for for a long time. There's a lot of really good books by people who actually do know what they're talking about. They're not just like lobbyists or idealists and things. There's some very very interesting you know books about basically it's still i guess it just all comes down to nuclear power you know yeah that's that's the only that's the only way out of it really but like, the greatest way you could make a change to the environment of the planet you know is if everyone in india started burning coal rather than burning wood you know that would make a huge difference but it's kind of counterintuitive um you know the same with the meat thing you know like most animals, are, you know, are grazing on land that you couldn't grow crops on. Like no one seems to pay any attention to that, and you know the amount of uh, environmental destruction, you know, caused by crops. You know, again, no one really thinks about that. There's like you, you know, it's just, like all all these things. It's almost like having like a MMA fight, you know, but, but with reality, like reality is always going to get you in an armbar, you know, eventually. So, you know, but but I wasn't really going to talk about that. So I was going to talk about something else. So, so I do apologize. Anyway, if you if you really don't like that kind of stuff I um, just talked about, then you probably have turned off by now. And um, and if you do, then uh, don't like it too much because it's good to, you know, it's it, it's good to, it's good to try and you know make the world a better place. Um, uh, but so yeah, I was I was thinking I was actually thinking about talking about freedom, freedom. Because just I've I've had just like a, a few a few interesting conversations and emails recently, because part you know my show is basically about 
Vanessa taking a sabbatical and having like two years off school being a teacher and then like traveling around and so I have a bit in the slideshow about how financially like how do you do it and that kind of stuff um and I think it's like what well, I think for a lot of people you know you have your I know when I was working you've got your 28 days holiday you know and these that 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 time is so precious you know especially when you're young as you get older you have to like end up using your stupid holiday on like decorating the house and shit like that so but when you know when you're younger um you know you it means so much to you like i don't ever seen that graph and uh, you've got a graph and you've got like um on one axis you've got age i think on the bottom you've got age and then on the side you've got like psych how psyched you are no one of it's like the one of it's well the bottom is the age and then the one side is how motivated you, fitted you are and the other one is the capacity to do something so when you start you're starting at, at, at zero and your capacity to do something um begins at zero at age zero and it goes up like this or like it goes diagonally across so when you say 80 it's it's you know it's it's maximum you got well you know it's financial capacity it's, it's maximum but your and your psych at year zero is basically at like a hundred percent you know so when you're when you're a child you're just like anything's possible you know as soon as you're born like your brain is just like anything's possible you're absorbing all this information and the line is going down diagonally so basically at the midpoint of your life which is usually going to be around like between you know to 30 to 40 you have you have like you know 50% of your psych and 50% of your of your possibility of doing something you, you're uh, be able to act uh, you know actuate or to be able to make things happen and so that's what most a lot of people will be doing really you know doing the stuff they want to do uh, unless they have a job <laughs> you know like you, you know you have to try and fit that into having a job and stuff and then the uh, um, like most like people who are super creative. I think most of their creativity is happening in their t in their early twenties. You know, from the age of like sixteen to twenty five is like a, a, a period of like when you can be very very creative. Um, and then and then as you get old, you know, you have you have your your people retire at sixty five or eighty five or it is these days. And you know, then they have all this spare time. They have all this money. They can do whatever they want, whatever they want, you know. But usually, just buy a VW van and then just drop down dead of like a brain aneurysm. So, so yeah. So trying to like readjust that model, you know. So I think I I kind of retired when I was thirty, um, without a pension, without without any money. I just got stopped working, and then. Um, I like rebalanced my life so I, I had less money but I had more time so because this thing that like um uh being poor takes up all your time and being rich takes up everybody else's but rich people are very time poor and the poorest people and you know in western society you know uh you know you, you can have you can be poor and just have as much time as you want. You know, if you're signing on, if you're unemployed or whatever, you know, you can have like a, a huge amount of time. Like that's why a lot of the really good rock climbers in the eighties, they were all on the dole because they were basically getting paid how much they get when I was on the doles I got used to get like twenty four quid a week or something. We're over eighteen. But you you know, you had just enough money to survive. Especially if you're like living in a squat or you live somewhere super cheap with lots of other people, and uh, you, you just had enough to hitchhike and go climbing and buy a block of chalk and stuff like that. So you know those people had like unlimited amount of time and uh, very little money. So if you got like a part-time job, so I started working three days a week. Um, you know, so like I took like a you know how much is that 20% of my 40% was that a 40% reduction in my income but I had I felt like I doubled the amount of time I had because you know my free time was two days a week and now I had four days a week so I doubled I doubled the amount of time I had to do stuff 
but I'd only reduce my income by forty percent or something, twenty percent, thirty percent. I don't know. That's why. I, that's why I don't. That, you know, I don't want to get all that kind of stuff. So I might have actually, I might have halved my time, free time. I don't know. But you know, but you see, I think you see what I'm talking about. Um, but the I would say is you have to be again going back to this thing of being a hunter gatherer that you have to if you're gonna ideally what the thing you're gonna spend more time doing you have to be able to convert that into some kind of financial gain ideally like if you're gonna say you want to do you want to you really hate working cleaning toilets and you really want to be doing pottery so you start doing you, you only do you only t- clean toilets three days a week and then you start developing your pottery four days a week so you actually don't have any days off you know those two days off because you're doing something you want to do they become work days as well so you're actually working seven days a week <clears throat> but you but in your mind you're only working three days a week and you develop your pottery to the point where you can sell your pottery and then you end up just uh then you remove those like three days a week when you were working in the toilet cleaning toilets and there your days off now and you spend the other days doing your pottery but what you'll probably do is you probably end up working seven days a week doing pottery um so it's that this that, that you know to just think like i'm just going to focus on wanking i'm just going <laughs> to i'm just going to wear three days a week and just like wank for the rest of it you know that's not really going to be oh just going to go just going to play on xbox I'm going to become like a brilliant Xbox guy. I'm going to like make loads of money on, you know, online or whatever. Like it's just that really you have to have some kind of realistic thing. So it's not, it's not about, you know, having more time to be lazy. Um, You really have to have a, a, have have to have a plan really. Um, So having a plan to change your life is kind of important. Um, because it's much much harder to do it uh having no debt is probably one of the most important things like when in the in the 80s when um margaret thatcher sort of changed the rules i think you have to have like a 25 percent 25 percent of your mortgage uh to get a mortgage 25 percent like down payment and a lot of and people could buy the council houses and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of uh, unions told their members not to buy a house. Because once you bought a house, once you had a mortgage, you were kind of trapped in a way. You had all this debt and you had to repay it and you couldn't miss payments. You could lose your house. You know, if you're in a council house, it's actually quite hard to get theft out of a council house. You know, you're paying rent to the council. You could say it's like circular, like the money was going for, you know for other you know if it it was like more socially responsible to be renting a council house um so yeah they didn't they didn't want people to get into debt and then you had this uh, you had this thing you know when i was growing up like the only debt you had there was like the catalog woman you know so my mum would be paying would get things in a cat from a catalog and then she would be paying this woman back the woman would come around you know with her getting her money you know so you buy like a bike and you'd be paying off like five pounds a month you know for like three years or something it's like kind of crazy when you think about it i don't know what interest you were paying maybe there wasn't maybe i'm sure there was interest and then you have like christmas money where you'd be paying someone else some money and then at christmas they would give you it back <laughs> so kind of crazy we had a television where you had to put 50p pences into the television to get the television working and then that the idea was that would cover the rental so when the guy would come he would count all the money out and he would give you you know what was a you know beyond the you know so maybe it was maybe it cost 10 pounds a month to rent a television so if there was like 16 pounds he would give you six pounds back and stuff in 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 50 p's and um you know your electricity worked the same way you put money into the electricity so you couldn't you couldn't get into debt basically so that, that was the whole idea you couldn't get into debt um you could get into debt in that you got a bike for christmas but even then you know there was like kind of a there was a real stigma like once you once you were known for not being able to pay your debt for your bike you know you wouldn't have it but there was no like there was no credit cards or overdrafts or or anything like that i don't I often wonder if that the 
it was a you know that was probably a very middle class upper middle class thing to have a credit card uh um and i think maybe one thing it changed was the more people started going to university the more debt they got into because they would be able to get like credit cards like you know being lend money being to lend money to students seemed to be like quite a big thing so when i although i never went to university you know i hung around with lots of students and the you know they, they always had plenty of money but none of them were working and i think it wasn't coming from the grants they just ended up with like loads of debt and and even when i started working you know you're meeting one or two people and you're like christ almighty like how are you ever going to pay you know they were just they were just they just got into loads and loads of debt and you just wonder how they'd ever get out of it so so debt you know debt debt went from being something that was you know people didn't you'd have to go to a bank manager and try and lend some money it was not going to lend money to anybody unless you know they had a house and um some like collateral and stuff so but anyway so i i don't have any i don't have any debt um like i paid my all my debt debt off like when i got divorced i had about i think i had about 16 grand of debt and i, I don't even know where all that debt came from but it was i think <laughs> i blame, blame my ex-wife and uh um but anyway so i i, I made i made some money and I, I went on tour and basically got this money and basically once i'd paid my tax and I paid this debt. I didn't have any. I didn't have any money left, so I ended up having to like sell loads of gear on eBay and stuff to, to just to get get by. But um, and I, at the time it was really hard, like paying off this debt, because you know sixteen grand. Christ, you know, think what you could do with sixteen grand. But that's the thing. Is like once you get rid of the debt, you know, it does make a huge. It just make a huge difference, especially if you can avoid getting back into debt. Like I don't want a credit card, so um, I had some problems with my car, so I couldn't. It's very hard to hire a car these days, or a credit card, which is a constant pain in the ass. And I've tried to get a credit card just for hiring cars, but because I'm like 50, I've never had a never had a credit card, like not properly in my name. Is uh, I, I probably have like terrible credit rating because it never seemed to be able to get one. But um, so yeah, so I know it's it's for, you know people have lots of debt. It's, it's easy to say to pay it off, but it's not you know it's not easy to do it. Um. I think I think being like f trying to if you if you can't if you can't have, have what you want so if you you know if you really want to be going climbing or going on adventures or going skiing if you can't be having what you want don't spend your money on something else instead you know I can't I can't go to Yosemite therefore buy the latest <laughs> MacBook Pro or something um I think I think we are we are conditioned to spend all the money we have. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a class thing as well. Like the you know the 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 more the, when you hang around with people with money, they're just much more careful on it, and they have this thing like, why would I spend my money when I could invest it? You know, and spend instead of spending, you know, two grand on a new computer, why don't I put get like a grand of bitcoins? and and then i'll just spend the other grand on just living as cheaply as possible um because then i've got like half money of it my money's invested in something or you know but they're just that that's kind of that kind of mentality a bit like i i know someone who's a farmer in ireland and he's never been on holiday he's like what you know why, why have you never been on holiday he says like well i could just buy a cow instead you know, so <laughs> like to him that makes like total sense, and it and it, it probably it's probably it does make sense really. Um, so yeah, it's kind of invest instead of instead of getting into debt for shit you don't really want that you won't even remember what you bought it with. It's probably better to try and save money from not buying shit you don't want, and you won't even remember what you bought. You know, um, just if you did buy it and just. Uh, yeah, just trying like on the on tour, like I've been trying to stay in in Airbnbs. I've been trying to stay as like cheaply as possible. Because you can be on tour and you can be like, oh I'm on tour, I'll just stay in hotels everywhere. It's only like hundred quid a night or something. But it it, it like it'll, it'll add up to like, you know, two grand. And if you add in all your travel and everything else, you might spend like three grand like on the on tour or something, on all that kind of stuff, your food and everything else. But you know, if you can 
if you can do it if you can do it cheap more cheaply the more pro the more profit you have really and the more profit you have the the longer you have you know it's like a squirrel like getting its getting its nuts and putting them away for the winter is the you do like i i, I always try and have like in my business i pay myself like minimum i pay myself minimum wage so i try and pay myself so i always remain in a tax band which is which i think is uh an acceptable amount of tax like basically i you know like i i an island i i pay is it like 20 percent tax or something uh so yeah so but you know whenever you look whenever whenever look at what i'm you know how much tax and all the stuff payments you have to pay out you know paye it's like oh christ that's a lot of money that is you know so um but i just try and pay myself like a enough enough that's acceptable that i can live on but i don't pay myself like a crazy amount of money because i always try and have um i basically have like a year's amount of money in my bank account in my business bank account so even if i have, even if I have no work for an entire year i can pay myself for an entire year and even if and i and i suspect that even in that year i will get enough work to be able to pay myself for another six months if you know what i mean i'll be replenishing but i won't be i won't i'm always i'm always taking out lessons that's lessons going in and if and if i started feeling like there was a constriction in my income then i can reduce my i could reduce my income by half and i could i could survive on that i could reduce even further and survive on that but i never i never want because i can't deal with the stress of like thinking oh my god i've got like I literally like i have had in the past i've had this i'm like shit like i literally i cannot pay myself next month and i can't and how am i going to pay my tax and how am i going to do this and do that do that so for me always knowing i've got like that money there gives gives me because I, like I, i've you know I've, I've worked through uh two two major if not more well, three major constrictions in my income so you had the crash 2007 that that affected my income um and then you had brexit that really affected my income because uh the years leading up to brexit like there was a basically no corporate speaking work it all died i might have died because because people thought i was an alt-right racist asshole but anyway but but a lot of that just died because because businesses just stopped doing any kind of corporate you know stuff like that and then you have to, you've had COVID. Like I've never, t I didn't take any. You know, I probably won't get it anyway. But you know, you know, I had to survive through COVID. Where I only, you know, you can't do any slideshows. You can't do any corporate stuff. I did like a bit of corporate stuff on Zoom, but I, it's just you know. It's, but it's like a constriction, um, and you know now you hope that things will improve. So so yeah so ha so so always so in bi business wise, but I think also having savings the the least amount of savings you have the more problems you're gonna you're gonna come up with and i think that's the thing about i think it, when you're when you live adjacent to poverty like when you grow up in you know with in relative poverty is you know that it's the small things that just just throw you off you know the washing machine stops working or you know you get this unexpected bill for something or you know it just uh you know you know when you, you know so the classic thing is like yesterday like zoom took like 170 euros out of a bank account because i'd forgotten i don't really need to be on zoom anymore but I'd, I'd signed up so i could do like more people on zoom and you know it's it's like oh bollocks like that's like i need to i need to sort that out but if i had like no you know if all i had was 200 euros in my bank account and zoom just took 175 out of it I couldn't get it back. I'd be fucked, basically. So, um, so yeah, that's another thing. It's taking <laughs> taking great care and understanding where all the money goes out of your bank account every month. Like, just go in and just, you know, actually go through your statements and like, oh my god, I've been paying for this. I've been paying for Amazon Prime, like, you know, for my kids, or I've been this gym membership or shit like that. So, um, so it's kind of. I don't even. You know, that black guy used to do like the. Um, he used to do like the you know personal finance stuff on television like 
I think you have to start being a little bit like that and be because you what what you realize is I always used to hate anything to do with money you know when it came to talks or corporate stuff I really hated dealing with money so that's why I'd have like an agent doing dealing all that all that, all that kind of stuff but then someone told me that money is not money is energy it's like fuel like if you haven't got any if you haven't got any you can't do anything and uh it's a real it's a real danger to th- money's not important like money is either everything or it's something it's never nothing which is uh um I can't have said that anyway but it's a good it's a, it's a very true line and people who say oh happiness is more more important than money those people are usually fucking loaded you know or somebody else is like supporting them and they don't appreciate it you know so so yeah so so it is important to take to make take notice of money because without money you're not going to be able to go and do the things you want to do you're going to be very restricted and the more money you have the more easy it is to get money if you want it if you know what i mean like it kind of attracts money attracts money i'm not talking about like huge amount of money but if you if i'm like working in a hotel doing cleaning it's very hard to really develop develop like my corporate speaking or 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 writing books and stuff because i'll just be knackered you know so having enough money to be able to afford to focus some time on something else which can make more money you know like in if i do like a, a corporate gig i can make more money in 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 you know 40 minutes than it used to take me a month to make when i was working in the climbing shop um, but to develop to, to have got to that level I had to stop working in a climbing shop and get paid you know like and loot and just and not make money you know I had to like sacrifice my income for for some future income of making you know like a significant amount of money but you're not making that like some people you know like Ranulph Fines or someone might be making five grand every day you know it might be talking every day might be making five grand it might be making 20 grand you know, and every single day is doing that. But then you get to the point where it's like, I didn't really sign up to this, to just be traveling around, stay in hotels, doing the same old talk over and over again. I signed up to this to be going on adventures and having an interesting life. So then you, so then you've gone the other way, you know, and it's like my life, like I know people who, you know, started off with not a lot of money and now have become like incredibly successful at what they do and but they're kind of trapped in it because their lifestyle has now developed to the point where it requires a lot of maintenance they have you know they have like a stable with horses and shit like that you know they 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 can't they can't downsize anymore so i i would say my my life is is uh very downsizable you know i can live on i can live on <laughs> can live on very little so um so yeah so 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 knowing you can, knowing you can do that and again that comes down to not having any debt like if you're if i'm paying you know like 300 quid a month on on paying off all this debt i've got then it's very hard i haven't got much i haven't got that much flexibility um to do that um so what else um like it's like I know it's like very easy to 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 wrap it on like this because most people's lives aren't that simple, um, uh, but I think it, you know, like a lot of it's to do with the, you know, it's it's knowing your knowing your value really, your you know what what you can do, um, you know what your potential is to, is to, and it, and again like it sounds like when you talk about money again it's not the money it's about the, your value. You know, the money is just what you paid in return for the value you're you're bringing to that thing. So, um, like I, you know, like on tour, like normally on tour, I'll make like quite a lot of money. But if you think of the value that I gave to, you know, like ten thousand people, you know, and then there's the ones who didn't like it. But the ten thousand people who saw you in the on the str- over your tour, then that value is probably that's the that's the value I'm worth because I wouldn't if I did it again and I didn't make if I didn't get the same people coming or more people then that's demonstrated that I'm not I'm not worth that 
and then I won't get it the next time. So, um, so, so maintaining, you know, like the thing about being hypersensitive is your, 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 uh, it's just, you know, supply, is it supply and demand? You know, I've got to supply a product, and if it's no good, then, you know, I'll lose, I'll lose, I'll lose the contract. So, um, that's why it's kind of important to be in, in being focused rather than like fuck you I'll just talk what I want to talk about I have to always be like mm, does someone read you know you're paying money to be entertained I'm not going to come and do a big diatribe about Donald Trump or Brexit or you know some you know Scottish independence or something you know it's not really my it's not that's not what you're coming to coming to to hear so so it's important to you know to try and understand these things um yeah, I guess it's oh God. It can't be that simple about having freedom. Um, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if in reality most people are are basically battling against themselves to make themselves as less as least free as possible. You know, they're just always getting themselves more into debt. Like the like the people I know who are making very good livings, like way more than I make. Are, are often got way more debt than me as well. I just don't understand it. But they always want like the latest car, the latest phone, the latest this, the latest that. And I think often it's a replacement for something that's missing in their life. Like what what they really want is, I guess, as a lot of people have experienced in the last two years, you know, is that is that time to to do what they want to do. Um, but they can't have that because it's too difficult to too difficult to get it. You know they think it's too difficult to get it, and um, so they just end up getting more and more in debt. Cause like you know, if you can't have the things you want, you might as well have the things you you can get. <laughs> so, but it's a, it's a hard it's hard not to it's hard not to amass things. You know, like but remember what the Mongol the Mongols said. You know, the Mongols they were like um, nomadic. And they said that life, I think they said this anyway, life is like a bridge and you have to cross it. And the least things you have, the better the better it'll be. You know, the least. If you're a, you're a nomad, you don't want to be carrying shit around you don't want. So, so yeah, so I guess it's about, I guess it's about trying, if possible, to strip everything down. Like, why do we, why do we, why do we have so much variety in food? Like, why is it every night we're trying to make something different? And we're trying to make something, you know, special. And, you know, why do we have to have a pudding? And why do we have to, you know, why can't we just just eat the same food every day? Like, you know, in Africa, everyone eats a ugali, which is like maize. And, you know, in, in China, everyone's like rice three times a day. You know, mo most people in the world, they're just eating the same stuff all the time, you know, in Mexico and places, you know, there might have some slight variations, but basically, you know, just you know, why see if you can just eat the same, the same food. See, see if you can, see if you can, see if you can go one month. Just, just try and make food, and it, nothing could come from a box. Nothing can have like ingredients printed on it. Printed on it. You have to, you have to make it from, from the raw ingredients. And just see if you can just eat that every day for a month, same the same food. So you could have like you can have porridge if you want. You can have porridge for breakfast, and then you can, then you don't need any dinner, and then <laughs> and then you can have have a clean meal. So just get a steam some carrots and some broccoli and a bit of fish. You know, fish doesn't have to be that expensive, or a bit of chicken, and that's it. Just have that every day for a month. See if you can do it and uh you'll find you'll probably save shit loads of money you'll find that it's you you've only got so much cpu power in your brain not having to think about what you're eating every day it, it'll you know it'll be good so yeah oh my phone's ringing again oh christ almighty anyway i'll, I'll leave it there I'll, I'll answer my phone and uh apologize if it's this is you know blah 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 and um until next week see you soon
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.